Contract Properties is a homegrown, family-owned maintenance company located in Nashville. They provide HVAC, electrical, plumbing, painting, and many other services for commercial and residential properties. From build-outs to junk removal, one call does it all. Whether you're a homeowner or a property manager, give Contract Properties a call today for a free estimate. 615-356-0755. That's 615-356-0755. Or visit ContractProperties.net. Driving you home every afternoon. This is the 3HL, powered by the Tennessee Lottery, with Brent Doherty and Don Davenport. Welcome in, 3HL, powered by the Tennessee Lottery. Brent Doherty, Don Davenport, with you until 6 o'clock. Coming up today, Coach Mack will break down the win against Jacksonville. Take a look at this week's uh, this weekend's matchup against the Lions. Weird injury information coming out of that little matchup. Uh, Todd Furman, our guy in Vegas, breaks down this week's games from a point spread perspective. Coming up at five fifteen, we'll get into Titans um, Lions for short. Today is recruiting. Day, day one of the early signing period. Uh, Don Davenport, do you wake up just giddy that it's recruiting day, or uh, uh, no? Are you on the other end of that deal? I'm on the other end of that deal. I'm not. I'm not. I mean, I pay attention. Just uh, I'm not. You know, refreshing Twitter and uh, stalking kids' profiles to find out if they're sticking to their word. I just, about- I just can't get into it that much. What about if like uh, a kid has been committed to Auburn and then they flip and sign with like Alabama? Do you like go onto their Twitter page and like you suck <laughs> to no. an eighteen-year-old kid because yeah. lots of grown yeah. men do that? What in I the know. world? I was gonna say that that is a uh, that's a special kind of human right there. Say, same thing for uh, for humans that like you know, say something negative about a picture of a baby on social media or something like those are special kind of human beings. They're, they're, uh, okay. Well, you put they're a picture interesting. of you and your baby and me and JT on the internet last night. So did that happen? Maybe. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, but no, but seriously, those are that like, that's wrong. Don't, don't tweet kids. Don't attack them don't drag their name through the mud they're 18 year old kids come on yeah i don't know better be better i don't know what leads to that anyway um just uh you know probably some self-evaluation needs to go into uh into your day if if you're doing that um here's i'm i'm probably about a six on the deal and and part of it is because when i got into the business i spent hours upon hours upon hours calling recruits and trying to get information from them and and where where are you going to go on your visit and how was the visit and all of those things for for my guy bill king and in the moment i enjoyed doing that because you know i was like 22 23 whatever i was um but i did that so much that it burned me out of it right so i still keep up with it because here's the thing man um, and the older you get, the more people, you know, with kids that are in this position, um, it, it's such an unbelievable opportunity and day for, for a lot of these kids, obviously that, that are signing with schools and, and, you know, getting that education paid for in a lot of cases and, and, and all of those things. So to, to all of those people, congrats. And, uh, that's awesome props 
a lot of hard work went into that um, on the field, off the field, relationship wise, all of those things. Um, so I do, uh, I do follow it for that reason, but also uh, just because it's kind of interesting to follow like how the SEC teams are doing as we sit here in Nashville and, and kind of concentrate on this area of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, SEC dominate. Um, I, I saw at one point they had 93 of the ESPN top 300 and the big 10 was next with 48. Um, so, <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yeah. And I, that was early on. So I don't know what the final numbers yeah. are. Um, maybe if you've seen that, uh, let us know at three HL one Oh four five. I did see this Alabama will have 12 of the top 89 recruits in the 2021 class. That, that is uh that blows my mind because you're talking about more than a hundred universities and one of them will have 12 of the top 89. That is unreal. Um, also Jackson state, your boy, Deion Sanders, he's getting, he's, he's getting, uh, he got a former Georgia commit, um, to, to go to Jackson state. So he he's making some noise and, and we'll kind of evaluate all this stuff when the smoke clears tonight and uh and talk uh talk about it tomorrow but uh in terms of where the sec teams are currently ranked with regard to 24 7 sports i was uh, gonna say because because preface this with you can have a phenomenal class and still be like 10th in the sec (laughs) right and and not all the guys have signed and and all of those things so there'll be some flux in here but uh, alabama number one that's no big surprise um georgia is number three in the country, LSU number four. So three of the top four classes are SEC classes, according to 24-7 sports. Florida is eighth, but they're fourth in the SEC, to your point. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Texas A&M at 14, Tennessee at 15. So Tennessee third in the east behind Georgia and Florida. Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin uh, at 18, top 20 class. Uh, He's, it, it looks like, Arkansas at 20. Your boy Sam Pittman doing uh, some work. Yeah, but again, let's see one, two, three, four. So fifth in the SEC West, but twentieth in the country. Oh, God's brutal. Uh, Missouri at twenty six, Mississippi State at thirty five. Um, you know, w- once the pirate gets things going, once Leach gets things going, he won't necessarily need four star guy and five star guy. Now he'll need that stuff on defense. Um, right. But, well, you know. he got a, a big, I think it's a four-star QB, right? Yeah. Um, that's a big what, four-star. That's, that's what, what he, he needs. needs. Yeah. Right. And and after that, if you're a wide receiver, uh, I mean, where do you want to go? I want to go there, Ole Miss, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, exactly. let's do it. You Kentucky, get, get a solid quarterback and run it. Kentucky at 38, which is 11th in the SEC. Auburn at 46. Uh, one spot ahead of Vanderbilt, who is 47. And these videos of Vandy kids and, and like uh, the Vanderbilt war room erupting and things like that, that's pretty amazing that they're still signing players, right? I mean, they just hired a coach. I mean, yeah. just hired a coach. So Vanderbilt, one of the only schools in America where kids really sign for the school in a lot of cases, right? Absolutely, yeah. But you actually know who your next coach is. Uh, there and that was something that Candace Lee was big on because she was like I'm not going to have a coach in place that isn't going to be the coach after signing day because I don't want to do that to these kids and then obviously she wanted to have a coach in place prior to signing day so that these kids knew who their coach was going to be look at Auburn you have no clue you don't know who your coach is going to be no 
And so Auburn sits at so 46. So you're certainly signing with the school in that in that instance, but 46 is is pretty dismal for Auburn. Yep, <laughs> uh, Vanderbilt at uh, 47, but 13th in the conference. I haven't gotten to number 14 yet. And it's funny because I'm like, did I miss somebody? We were sitting here talking during the uh, – uh, before we open the show, and I'm like, I've got 13 teams, but I'm at, I'm at like the who's top missing? I'm missing somebody here. And Vanderbilt's in there. Like, yeah. who's the irrelevant team that we cannot think oh, of Lord. that we're missing? Uh oh. Oh my. Uh, so I kept scrolling, I scrolling, scrolling, and scrolling, and I came up with on 24/7 Sports South Carolina, 14th in the SEC, number 105 in the country. Now I will say this about South Carolina fans and you know this um, because I've been following it uh, a long time. Right. Um, so I've seen the the good and the bad of South Carolina and South Carolina before like Tannehill, um, what was no good and not, not uh, you know, uh, Ryan Tannehill <laughs> talking about what was that guy's name? Steve Tannehill, the guy with the long hair, the mullet. Anyway, they were not any good. And they would always pack the place, always pack the place. And it was a live environment. Are you talking about Steven Garcia? No, uh uh-uh. Tannehill back in uh, 92 or so, like early 90s, they beat Tennessee. Tennessee went down to South Carolina and played um, a game down there, and then they lost. Mose Phillips caught a screen pass, broke eight tackles, got in the end zone, and then Tennessee went for two, and they ran the two-point play that they ran for like 20 years the same two-point play every time they went for two or were around a goal line or fourth and one or something like that and it got stopped so tennessee lost they were filming the program during that football game so um most films always said man i made the run of my life with halle berry in the crowd (laughs) (laughs) um so anyway uh yeah so if you go back and watch the program there are like game scenes where you can see orange crap in the stands and that's because it was a Tennessee-South Carolina game. They filmed a lot of stuff at halftime. Um, anyway, so, yeah, so South Carolina's at 105, uh, just behind UMass, Troy, Navy, Army, Air Force, Louisiana Monroe, and Blaine Bishop's Ball State University. Ouch. That's where uh, South Carolina is. So, Now, that is just the kids that have actually already signed, committed, done, right? Right. Like, South Carolina could be hiding a couple five-star players, and they end up, you know, like, number 12. I don't know. Right. Okay. That that might be a little dramatic, (laughs) but. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Well, we get dramatic here. Uh, Titans radio analyst Dave McGinnis joins us to break down the Titans' dominant win in Jacksonville and take a look at this weekend's matchup against the Lions. Matthew Stafford did not practice today. Again, he's dealing with a cartilage rib injury. And now Which spring. apparently isn't the uh, most painful sounding injury on their roster at this no. point. Now we'll, we'll lead you with that when we come back and get into the discussion with Coach Mack. It's a weird injury. That's next three HL one hundred four five. It's time for Titans Radio's Dave McGinnis. Coach Mack is presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans on one hundred four five The Zone. Retail Power by the Tennessee Lottery. It's Wednesday. It's uh, 3.15-ish, actually 3.21. Uh, that means it's time for Coach Mack, Titans radio analyst Dave McGinnis, joins us to uh, completely break down the Titans. That's what we will do. Thanks to Farm Bureau Health Plans. Need great health care coverage at an affordable price. 
Let Farm Bureau Health Plans coach you through it. They've been protecting Tennesseans since 1947. Coach Mack, good to see you on the 104.5 The Zone uh, Zoom feed, and glad to have you on. Looking forward to the discussion. How are you? Absolutely, Brent. Hi, Don. Yeah, and you mentioned Farm Bureau Health Plans. They got the Coach Mack bobblehead uh, uh, promotion going on for about the next four weeks. It's going to be really cool. They're, they're hiding them there down there in the uh, – Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame. If you can find Coach Mac Bobblehead, you can have him. Uh, <laughs> they're they're doing some like uh, like where's Coach Mac like a, like a where's Waldo? It's it's a cool <laughs> thing Farm Bureau Health Plans doing. It's uh it's really good. We'll have several promotions because people have wanted them. So Farm Bureau Health Plans said we'll find a way to get them to the people. And so that's what we're doing for the next four weeks. I love uh, it. One of the big storylines as we sit here getting ready for uh, the Titans-Detroit uh, matchup, obviously, is the uh, the availability of Matthew Stafford. And, and listening to people talk that cover the Lions, they, they say, man, it doesn't look like he's going to be able to go. But I'll tell you this, we've thought that so many times, and this guy just plays through stuff. He, he, I don't have to tell you that that, that Texas mentality of, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm going out there no matter what. That kid's always been a tough kid since Highland Park, Texas. That's where yeah. he was the quarterback there at, at, at Highland Park. And, and you know, when Jim Schwartz was the head coach up there, he told me after the first year with him, he said, Mac, you know, you know about his arm and you know about – he said, but this is one of the toughest kids I've been around as far as a quarterback. And so, yeah, if he can play, he can play. All my years of coaching and, and now, you know, all my years when I broadcast – just all my years in the National Football League, uh, you two guys know, I you never, ever, ever – when you hear all of these things, prepare for not the starter. You always prepare for the starter, and then if the other guy comes in, the other guy comes in. We're talking about the quarterback, naturally. And so, you know, if he plays, he plays. But you prepare as if he's going to because that's the only way you can approach it. Yeah, he's been sacked 37 times. But but you, you talk about live arms in the NFL. He's certainly in that category. He really, you know what, and he reminded me so much that one of the best arms ever that I've I've ever you know been involved with with a workout and then in person was Jay Cutler's. I mean, Jay Cutler had a, mm-hmm. had a complete just a cannon, you know, on on his arm. He about threw a ball through the bubble when we worked him out up there, you know, at, uh, at, at in Tennessee. But to me, when you really watch Stafford, and I've, I've coached games against Stafford and, and can see he can make every throw. But the thing that separates a lot of these guys, Brent, you and Don know this from from uh normal people with really good arms i'm talking about quarterback these guys like stafford can make that kind of throw off of any platform you know it can go anywhere off of any platform with a lot of spin to it so yeah he's a special player he's got the left side of his rib his ribs on the left side that's bothering him that might hurt him rotating though you know if he has to make those those throws so we'll see we were uh, we were talking about that yesterday when you you Talk about the throwing motion yes. of a quarterback. It's that side that's affected more than the right side, right? Absolutely. Well, you got, that's where you got to load up. You got to yeah. load up and then you got to follow through with that side. And so absolutely. Plus ribs. I don't know if any of you guys have ever had any rib issues, but uh, you can you can just have a little bit of a tweak or a bruise on it and it makes it impossible to breathe. That's the issue with that. I mean, they're just so... They're just so painful, and a lot of times they're painful without being broken. That's the issue. Coach Mack, have you ever, speaking of injuries and painful injuries, have you ever had a fractured throat? I've seen some fractured throats in some Bruce Lee movies. 
I mean, that's crazy. Like the the internet is going insane over this Frank Ragnall fractured throat injury for the Lions. Yeah, no, I, I have not. I have not. I can see how it could happen, though. I mean, and and, and here, Don, that's one of the reasons uh, that they have that hands to the face as being a big uh, penalty, you know, because you can do some damage getting up underneath, you know, and, and but I don't know how he, I can see, though, how playing center that you could absolutely have that happen with some defensive linemen rushing and getting their hands, you know, up under your face mask or up or jamming up because it's it's all about hand placement and fighting in there you know, down there in those trenches. And I could see how that could happen. Uh, I've never heard of anybody having a fractured throat, but uh, I guess there is one because now we're hearing about it. (laughs) (laughs) Happened in the first quarter and he finished the game. I mean, uh, football players are different, different. uh, Well, that guy especially is like a tough dude. Yeah. Well, look, anybody that plays offensive line in the National Football League, yeah. defensive front, too. Come on. I mean, those are, I mean, first of all, those are different human beings because, you know, you just, there are not that many on the planet that are that big and that mobile. And so they've got to have a lot of extra to them. And so, yes, it doesn't surprise me that it happened. And it doesn't surprise me that he finished the game. And after the game, after the game, he probably, he probably said, my throat hurts. Uh, Coach Mack with us on 3HL. And, yeah, I was reading up on this. It, it actually is a life-threatening kind of deal um, yeah, um, in the imagine. moment. Um, but now he is able to eat. But he, Coach Mack, he's not supposed to talk. Um, how tough would it be to, to play center and not be able to talk? Because uh, I'm, I'm thinking he's helping identify who's rushing and who the Mike linebacker is and things like that. Well, absolutely. I mean, other than the quarterback, he's doing the most talking at the last yeah. scrimmage you know, being able to call things out. And I mean, he could point, but everybody else would have to look at him, figure out what he's pointing to. I mean, yeah. I mean, to me, anytime you talk about fracturing your throat, I mean, I dropped out of medical school after the first semester because it was too easy, but I know that you get a lot of air down through your throat. So that'd be a problem. Yeah. Don, Don dropped out also. Uh, you know, she was in organic chemistry and didn't like that. Yeah. So. It did me in coach Mac. I went, I went to my advisor first day, dropped it and changed my major. <laughs> and then here she sits talking to us yeah i, I would have thought you dropped it just because it was too easy you wanted more of a challenge that's right 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 um before we get more before we dive further into this matchup with the lions let's take a look at that jacksonville game i, okay. I thought the team came out with a great tempo um they certainly uh were there to get it done and, and they did and and you know i i make comments like that and people immediately tweet me well it was a one in 11 jacks team but as we kept pointing out this was a jacks team that was still fighting having lost four of their previous five games by four points or less and and i know there's some of that but i i really liked what i saw from the titans end of things too well, I mean, they had to. I mean, they had. That's the way they had to do it. I mean, because you know, we're in the last quarter of the season now, and we know last year how that last quarter of the season. You know, for the last two seasons, they've been in a, a must-win uh, last game to get into the playoffs. Well, they've positioned themselves a little better than that going into this last month, but you still have to win games down the stretch. And so, I mean, it's extremely important to be focused. You know, when I when I watch practice every day, last week with you know they were they were they were highly dialed in. I mean, they were they were focused on what was going on. I mean, they had a, you know, a game plan on all three uh, phases of the game that they wanted to get done. And you've got to focus. I mean, if you're not focused, especially this time of year, you run into problems. And, and you, you, 
if you really know what you're doing, and these coaches do, Mike Vrabel does, his staff does, you focus your players on what you're going to be doing. Don't even look at what those other people have done because it doesn't really matter. Because as we've seen, every every NFL weekend, there's always a like, what the what? What happened with this game? How could this happen? Well, I'll tell you how it happens. The the team that, that probably has a better shot to win probably uh, took it a little bit lightly or weren't focused enough. And most of the time games, especially guys at this time of year, a lot of games are lost mentally uh, uh, even more than physically because everybody's beat up physically at this point. Everybody's beat up physically. So it's the mental fo- focus that is really important this time of year in this last quarter. Coach Mack with us. If you have a question for Coach Mack, we'd love to hear from you. 615-737-1045. There are a few things in this world that Coach Mack uh, enjoys more than phone calls from you guys. So uh, let us have them. 615-737-1045. Clearly, Derrick Henry gets a lot of the attention and, and well-deserved. Uh, but uh, really been impressed with the, by the, with, with the play of the offensive line coach and, and, and dealing with injuries and different guys stepping up. And, and you know, that that's a – that's a group of five that, that has to communicate well, right? So when you're, when you're putting new guys in there, that's a challenge that they've accepted. But, but for Derrick Henry to have 1,532 rush yards, there needs, to be, there, there needs to be lanes created. There needs to be offensive linemen that get to the second level and get, and get on a linebacker. I've really been impressed with them. Well, you have to be, Brent. And, and the, the thing about Derrick Henry and, and the run game and the blocking unit, it, the Titans aren't surprising anybody with the fact that they're going to run it. I mean, people know, you just, just go through and break down. I, I went down and broke down that last film as to how many eight and nine man fronts they saw a bunch. I mean, and they've seen that all year. They've seen that all year coming off his year last year. I mean, you're just going to see that. And so it really is impressive with what they're able to do. But it, the offensive lineman, you're 100% right. They've had to jigsaw puzzle that thing together all year. It's been very impressive. I've been very impressed with the way the center guard triangle, though, has played all year. And yeah. that center guard triangle in outside zone offenses is huge because those guys are where the double team starts. Most of your blocks on the edges are the are single blocks with the tackles in an outside zone scheme. But your center guard triangle, those are, those are the combination blocks, and then those are the workup blocks to that second level that you're talking about. And those three guys in there, you know, uh, Saffold, Jones, and Davis have been really good this year. That's what's very impressive. And then, you know, they, they, you know, Dennis Kelly's done a great job at right tackle, the left tackle situation. We know what that's been. We're on our third guy. We're about on our fourth guy down there and they, they just keep continuing to play, but you've also got to give credit. And I know you guys will, and our listeners will too, to the entire blocking unit. The tight ends are all a big part of it. And the wide receivers, this is as good a blocking a wide receiver group. And by the way, you may have two 1,000-yard receivers you know, in this group, but they take blocking very seriously. Rob Moore, I coached Rob Moore at Arizona. He played for me when I was the head coach of Arizona Cardinals. And Rob Moore was a, I mean, he was a premier receiver, but he was a great blocker too. And he impresses that on his guys. And you can see it. 615-737-1045. Coach, let's go to Chris in Nashville has a question for you. Chris, go ahead, man. Hey, how's it going, Coach Mack? Now, <clears throat> as, as I know that you're, you're all about the defense. You've always seen some great wide receivers in your day in coaching. When you see A.J. and Corey, what two wide receivers do you see in your coaching experience when you watch A.J. and Corey play? You know what? Thank you. First of all, thanks for the call. Really, really appreciate it. I'll tell you what, as a tandem, when you're looking at, you're looking at those two guys, what you're looking at – 
you know, and, and, and during, and during, you know, during my, during my career, I mean, yeah, Chris, remember that group that uh, they had up there at Baltimore that set the record when Brian Billick was the offensive coordinator for, for, you know, for all the throws, you know, bet between, uh, uh, Chris Carter, you know, was one of them. And then, and then you had Randy Moss in there, you know, you had a, you had a bigger speed guy, but then you also had a real combat catcher that was, you know, very, very good as a tandem. These two guys are probably, you know, as productive as any tandem in the league right now. And, and here's, here's the reason why, because most of the times you're going to play a Z and an X receiver and a Z receiver is, is usually the guy that's off the ball that goes in motion. That is really good at being able to run transcontinentals, get across the ball, but he might need a little bit more room to release off the ball. Then you've got your X receiver, which is your, your big strong guy that can fight those people. Cause you can press an X receiver cause he's got to line up on the line of scrimmage. You can, you can press that guy. And so we've got that type of tandem you know, here with those two guys. And as I said, during all my 31 years of coaching, I faced a lot of tandems like that. And I do know this, when you have two distinct guys like that, that are big, have got speed, can run after catch or combat catchers, but also have some variance in what their abilities are, then you really have to work to be able to cover both of them, especially off of play action stuff. And that's what we're seeing with Arthur Smith's offense and those two uh, receivers in particular. A.J. Brown with a huge game, obviously, uh, with nine targets, uh, over 100 yards receiving, had the big touchdown catch with the one hand. And, and I appreciated the, the flea flicker call. I love the creativity there. And, and a lot of people saying that they didn't really gain anything uh, by, by flea flicking that thing. But A.J. Brown with a great route, um, when you go back and watch it, and he basically stopped, shuffled his feet, and, and was able to gain the advantage on the cornerback on the restart of that route. But the handoff to Derrick Henry did affect a single high safety who took like two or three steps toward the line of scrimmage, uh, certainly causing him to not be uh, helpful over the top, even if he could have been. But nice play call, great execution. Yeah, well, really all you're trying to get off that return to center is a single coverage. You know, because if and the corners normally see the corner, if a corner's in thirds or a corner's in man to man, he's not involved in primary run support anyway. So, you know, if you've got a corner that is playing thirds or man that bites on the return to sender, you need to get another corner, you know, because he's not doing what he's <laughs> supposed to be doing. I mean, but the safety reacting. The safety is what you want reacting. And that's yes. exactly what they got because you don't want two back there at the catch point because you're going to let it go deep on the return to center. You don't want two back there. You just want one and you're going to trust your guy to go up and get it. And, uh, our guy went up and got that one. I mean, it was still, it was covered very well, but the throw was beautiful. I mean, the throw was really nice, but uh, you know, the catch, I mean, you heard my call of it. I'm just, what else are you going to say? I mean, you really can't, you know, unless you start using curse words and I won't do that on the air. <laughs> Sometimes you, you think about it though, don't you? <laughs> no, I mean, he's got some West Texas in him, right? Yeah, he does. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, let's talk a little bit about just this offensive line, because I'm not going to lie. You lose Taylor Lewan. There were moments uh, Saffold's been injured all year. Ben Jones has been, you know, battling something from an injury standpoint all year. And and I just think this O-line has been really, really impressive in what they have done. Dennis Kelly. Um, you know, I think we all expected him to be okay there this year, but you you still just never know. What have you seen from that group as far as guys, you know, falling out and and guys just stepping in? I've seen I've seen cohesiveness and I've seen growth because they look they having to go against eight and nine man fronts all the time. 
they know that's going to be their life when they step on the field in a ball game. And they've, they've accepted that challenge and, 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 and having to accept that type of challenge, there has to be some real grit to you to be able to know, because early on in ball games, Don, I mean, you do a lot of ball games from the sideline, you know how hard that is for an offensive line to get that established early when people have that many people up there, when everybody's fresh and ready to go. Now, as the game wears on, if you have enough grit and you've got enough sand in you to be able to continue, that you know for a course of a ball game then you can start to grind people down and that's what they've done but you have to be able to stay together to do that and you have to believe in it and the other thing that you have to do you have to have an offensive play caller that is willing to take the one and two yard gains or the no yard gains on the runs and still keep hammering at it that's what's extremely important but they all have had that mindset and as i said i've i've been very impressed with them because let's be honest they've lost their best They lost their best left tackle, all right, and then and now they've been through several of those. But as I said earlier, that center guard triangle has impressed me. And you're right. I mean, Roger and Ben have both fought through things, but nobody's completely healthy at this time of year. And then I think Nate Davis at the right guard. His growth Mm. from last year to this year has been really, really solid. And so big ups to those guys. You know, uh, you know, big, big ups. Uh, uh, to their coaches, you know, they, they got two excellent offensive line coaches there that are doing a really, really nice job. And, and look, that's what this team lives off of offensively. I mean, if you, if you can't generate a run game, well, then all the rest of it doesn't come off of it. So big ups to those guys. We'll dive into the Titans Lions matchup when we come back more with coach Mac uh, coming up next Clay Travis for president 2024 on Twitter at three, HL Listen to y'all coach Mac is awesome. Nothing but love tighten up, baby. Let's run the table. Um, yeah, one at a time is what Coach Mack will tell you there. Um, more with Coach Mack next, 3HL, powered by the Tennessee Lottery on 104. Tannehill, throw right side, going for Brown in the end zone. One hand, touchdown, <laughs> Titans! Oh, man! Oh, that's crazy, oh, Arthur won! Return to sender! Return to sender! And the Titans return to the Jaguars end zone. Oh, oh, wow. I love how much fun you have in the booth. I I just love it. I mean, seriously, what's not fun about it? What is not fun about it? I'm I'm calling an NFL game, and and the the team that I'm rooting for is winning. So, I mean, come on. What's not fun about that? One of my real good friends in the business having a different experience this year, Frank Frangie, who's the play-by-play guy for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Cool. Different deal. Mike Keith really likes Frank Frangie, too. He's, he really, he's the he best. He really likes him. Says he's yep. an excellent, excellent person. I, I like Tony Baselli, you know, and Jeff Lagerman that do theirs, you know, that, that they're also mm-hmm. there. Yep. With them. Those are, they're good people. They just got a bad team. Coach Mack, presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans, need great health care coverage at an affordable price. Let Farm Bureau Health Plans coach you through it. They've been protecting Tennessee since 1947. Mac Talk coming up tonight. You and uh, Rhett Bryan, executive producer for Titans Radio, um, will be hitting uh, a lot of these topics. And I know you love doing that show and taking as many phone calls as you possibly can, um, which is always an entertaining listen. So uh, I encourage everyone to um, make sure you have the radio tuned in and locked in to 104.5 The Zone at 6 p.m. tonight for Mac talk. Um, looking at the uh, Detroit Lions, starting running back Adrian Peterson. I mean, how amazing is that guy? Well, you know what? He's one of those guys that you know that that I I I term a wound to tomb. I mean, he 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 
he, no doubt. He, he came out blessed and he will go away blessed. I mean, you, you talk about an incredible, incredible. I mean, that's unbelievable, really. You know, and, and when I first got in the league, you know, I started noticing, I mean, guys like that are different. Like Walter Payton, he was different. You know, I mean, he's different. I mean, how, how do you do that, especially at that position and, 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 and be that violent and take that many hits over this many years and still be doing it? I mean, they're just, you know, it's just different. As I said, it's womb to tomb. It's from start to finish. And so uh, that, that, that's, that's, that's impressive. And, you know, when he was, when he was brand new, I remember he was out there at Arizona working out at that, uh, you know, at that uh, training place they have out there in Arizona. And Michael Griffin was talking about, cause Griff was out there working out with him, was talking about one time that he was doing, you know, they were going through a series of exercises and he was, they, the one thing was they, they were doing pull-ups, having to redo, do reverse pull-ups, you know, and all of a, he got a call on a phone. He took his phone and was talking on the phone with one hand and doing pull-ups with the other. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's amazing. That's I mean, what Griff said. Griff said, Mac, let me tell you about this guy. And so anyway. He's gonna be 36 in March. He's in year 14, and he's still starting games in the NFL at that position. At that position. I mean, it's just it it's incredible. I mean, uh many props to him. Much respect. Uh Tyrone McKenzie, uh obviously the line, inside linebackers coach for the Titans is now in Detroit. Uh now he gets to get uh, a look uh at Derrick Henry from a, a different vantage point. What what do you see from Detroit defensively? Because they've really struggled against the run. No, they're they're struggling. They really are struggling. They've dealt with a lot of injuries. You know, they 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 the, the Oakwara kid, you know, from Notre Dame, yeah. you know, is it, having a decent year rushing the passer, but they're struggling. They're struggling against they're struggling against the run. I mean, they really are because they've had injuries. And here's what happens: they're playing a four-three defense, and when you start interchanging people, you know, within a four-three defense, because most of the time people run a four-three, you've got a set three, you've got a set shade, you've got a set nine, and you got a set five. Well, you start interchanging people a little bit. It's all of those positions are a little bit different. You know, some people will say, well, you know, playing insides, inside and outside, outside, not really. You know, you got a different hand up, a different foot back, and, and then plus the, the blocks that you have to read, especially interiorly, are different. So they they just had issues, injury issues, you know, especially across a front. And when you're talking about run defense, especially across your front, I mean, it becomes a problem because if you're having those issues up front, then it just kind of cascades everywhere. So they've had they've had issues, but most of it's been because of injuries. Do you see areas in the passing game with regard to their defense, their secondary, their coverage schemes that, that, that Ryan Tannehill and those guys might be able to take advantage of some things? Well, their two best corners are out. You know, they, they drafted the Akuda. Well, kid. then there's he, that. Yeah. There's, I mean, you know, <laughs> it, it's, it's the same thing. It's the same thing that the Titans have gone through in the secondary, you know, they, the Titans have not had their starting secondary together one snap this season for one snap this season, not at all. And so, you know, and you, you know, the, the, the carousel that we've gone through, you know, with our secondary and then the issues that that presents just because, you know, the secondary Brent and the offensive line have to have the most cohesiveness of any singular unit, you know, on the football field. And you only get that type of cohesiveness by playing together, by playing together. And now a lot of that stuff, especially if you had new people coming in, all of that stuff was short, stop this year because of, the, of COVID and the lack of the off season. So there's a lot of reasons for things that are going on this year and all teams are having to play through the same issues. 
So uh, obviously the the Stafford will wait and see, but if it's not Stafford, it's Chase Daniel uh, has played in in two games this year as five career starts over over the years. Um, your take on Chase Daniel? He's been around a while. No, look, he's the ideal backup in the National Football League. Very smart. Doesn't need a whole lot of reps. You know, has got has got a decent arm. Is not immobile. You know, can move. Uh, has made a great career out of being a quality backup in the in the National Football League. The game's not too big for him when he goes in there. Is he Matthew Stafford? No. I mean, there's very few arms like that in the league, you know, right now. And so, but it's not like it's not like they're playing a rookie there, or it's not like they're playing, you know, a guy that that hasn't had many snaps. He's had enough snaps. And plus he's been he's been a lot of different places. You don't last that long, Dawn. You know this as a backup in this league, if you don't have something to you that people want you there, they want you there in the building, they want you there in, the, in that room, and then they have enough confidence that if something should happen, which something happens to most starters in the league, you know, for a little bit anyway, that you can go in there and fill in. So he's a very capable backup. Is he Stafford arm-wise? Not at all. Obviously, they fired their coach, Matt Patricia, uh, Daryl Bevel, the interim. Uh, do you see anything different um, with Bevel? No, not really. I mean, he's still calling us. He's still calling the same game. Their issues, really, Brent, and you brought it up. Their issues, really, all year have been they, they they've had a real real uh, problem continuity wise on defense. Mm-hmm. You know, which is you know which is is probably why Matt lost his job because he came in there as you know the excellent defensive coach. They were trying to rebuild that on that, and then they just haven't had success there. And you know, I mean, I can be a testament to that. I mean, you can be a good coach and not have success for several reasons, and then all of a sudden you don't have your job. And so that's, you know, that, that that's just the way the National Football League is. But uh, offensively, Bevel's been there, and so they're basically doing the same thing. How much different he will call it and do, you know, as Don just brought up with the backup end rather than staff, we, we, will, we will see where that goes. You've got Mac Talk coming up tonight at six. I know you're excited about that. Love Mac Talk. Love doing it. Have as much fun doing that. Talk about how much fun I have broadcasting these games, you know, for the Titans and for our listeners. I love Mac Talk because we get to talk to the people. And Rhett Bryan does a great job of of driving that bus. We have a lot of fun doing it. In fact, I mean, we start talking about that the minute, you know, we we get back on Monday and, and start getting ready for this. So it'll be fun. Well, thank you for the time. Look forward to uh, the opportunity to get uh, win number 10 this weekend, and we'll be listening. Guys, let's let's have a little victory talk next week, too, hopefully. Uh, yeah. Let's do it. David Dennis, Titans Radio yeah. Analyst, presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. With Farm Bureau Health Plans, you can plan on not needing a plan B because we provide health care coverage that you can depend on. Farm Bureau Health Plans plan on us.